a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Saturday show. Hope you all are doing well on this Saturday morning. 97.5 FM BKSL Sports Zone. Michelle's back. I am back. Yeah, how was Greenville? You know what? Surprisingly, I kind of liked oh, it, good. I okay. think. So. Well, not just because of the weather, I'm sure. No, it's actually like really pretty and quaint. I like small towns. Sure. So... I, I was kind of into it, which I could have stayed a little bit longer, maybe explored Obviously. a little bit more, yeah. but I mean, it is what it is. It was great to be there. All right. Well, that's we'll, we'll talk more about that as today's show progresses. That's Michelle. I'm Jake. We got a special guest in studio. We did this a couple weeks ago with Kenneth Scott from the Utes, Ryan Hancock, former BYU quarterback and pitcher, and I don't know what else you played at BYU. You feel like you played every sport <laughs> known to man, but how are you, Ryan? I'm great. This is going to be a lot of fun. Okay, and I guess I can pull back the curtain on this. When we had Kenneth Scott in studio, you messaged me and said, hey, if you ever want somebody to come in studio, I'm willing to do this. <laughs> oh, no, that's, um, that, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I've i been able to dabble a little bit um, on 960, and uh-huh. and I've gotten to uh, co-host for, I'm not co-host, but um, do color for baseball. And, sure. Um, you know, the radio thing is intriguing. I was a comms major, so. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I didn't do the you know, broadcast, but, um, but I, you know, I, I know the world a little bit. Well, okay. You played professional sports, so I think <laughs> yeah. you understand the whole gist of what we do here. Sure. So. Yeah. Excited to have you in. We're going to talk a lot. Uh, it's opening weekend for major league baseball. Of course you played for the Cal- then California angels. Yes. Now are they still the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim or what is the well, name? I don't now? know. Yeah. Something <laughs> along those lines. I, um, I still, of course, I'm, you know, preferential to the California angels, but sure. Um, but it works. We'll talk, it's just the Angels. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk some BYU football. They had their annual, um, I call it a spring practice. It yeah. It was a weird deal last night. Also the alumni game. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our first uh, ruptured Achilles apparently oh. last oh, night. No. Yes, I know. It was like the last 
30 seconds yeah. of everything. Apparently. Max Hall, oh. ruptured his Achilles. Oh, no. <laughs> that is horrible. Celebrating and of the, all things. The worst part is it's the, it's the Edwin Diaz from the World yes. Baseball Classic celebrating he tears it, not pl- actually playing. Yeah. That is brutal. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah, I saw them bringing him off the field. I was like, what's going on? He wasn't playing. No. Um, and then, then I saw him laying down, and they put him on his stomach, and oh, they're yeah. looking at his ankle, and I'm like, uh oh. That's not good. Oh. <laughs> yep. So, uh, best wishes to Max, obviously, for a quick recovery. We'll talk more about that as today's show progresses. But let's get to what we how we start each week. Let's get everybody's highlight of the week. I'm going to actually have Christian start this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss a little wrench in the plan. What's your highlight, Christian? Oh, I had a lot of fun this week. Uh, I got the chance to fill in on the Hans and Scotty show a few times. Okay. So I'd say that was my highlight. I love filling in on the daily show. The Hans and Scotty show was really fun. Plus, uh, I was here when they announced that Hans was going to be doing uh, color for mm-hmm. BYU football. Yep. So that that was a really fun day, a really big, important day for Hans. So it was fun to be here all week. We'll see how fun you like it when you fill in for me in, in the morning with DJ and PK. We'll, we'll, that'll <laughs> one day. That's going to that's, that's be the real test. The, the litmus <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah. All right, Michelle, what you got? Uh I just barely realized, like, yesterday that mm-hmm. I've been with KSL for a year, and this is, like, hey. a year mark being together like on today? the show. Well, I don't know today today, okay. but, like, I'm essentially yeah. how it plays Sweet. out. Okay. So, yeah, we've been doing this for a year now, Jake. Awesome. Hey. Well, wow. happy. Congratulations. Oh, I know. One year anniversary to us. In a way, like, yes. We okay. Here's the thing: when they Jake and Ben, did you see that poster? I saw had? the poster. It's still right over there, actually. You say, where's our poster? <laughs> it's still in there. they. So they celebrated. Their, they actually made a poster for him. They hung it up here. They tore it down so fast. <laughs> <laughs> which which what was it was their... Jake and Ben? So, okay. the, so they're from ten a to year? noon. Yeah, they celebrated. Yeah, this is, goes back probably six or seven months. That. That's the sign right there. Okay. Literally, it's folded up on the on the floor. It's been sitting there for months. Imagine that. Yeah. They walked in, looked at it, were like, "Oh, this is way too much." Yeah, but good times. Well, hey, awesome for us. That's kind of cool to actually. If I would have known, I would have brought something to yeah. celebrate. I didn't know. Michelle's the one that remembered it last <laughs> so, night of all things. Hey, that's okay. But Ryan, you got a highlight this week? Oh, I mean, I would say absolutely seeing old friends and teammates in town sure. yesterday. Um, always, there's a few surprises. Um, couple people that didn't show up that I was hoping to catch but that's mm-hmm. that's fine um but um of course uh see old friends is always a highlight did they have a number of how many BYU alumni came back yesterday at all I didn't see a number but okay. um it's bigger every year um and it I'm sure now that there's this excitement around the game and stuff and sure um and obviously Kalani's really pushing for for that culture back again and yeah. it'll it'll just continue to grow every every year well, I got to say the highlight of my week is I actually was out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium last night. It was actually good weather. It was Oh, yeah, it was outstanding. About like, I was able to, like, walk around and be like, okay, it's dry. I'm uh-huh. watching football. Like, <laughs> it was actually pretty, it was pretty awesome. It was like an October <laughs> yeah. fall, fall day, and I think okay. we would have had an even bigger turnout for sure. A lot of people were happy to watch it at home on sure. TV, and they get a little spoiled, and they're like, <laughs> I, even my daughter and wife were like, we don't know if we're going to come down because it's on TV and it's going to be snowing. And But then then all of a sudden the weather turned. I'm like, you you guys are going to like the weather down yeah. here. You should come down. And so, um, yeah, I think um, all we saw was like the Provo, Utah County people. Um, we, I bet we would have had more like 
you know, northern Utah people come down yeah. if, if they knew the weather was good. Well, see, and th- here's the thing. I left the studio yesterday. I drove actually – I was here uh, getting ready for Salt Lake Bees and whatnot yesterday. I drove straight from the studio down there. And leaving the studio, it was raining slash snowing here. And it, <laughs> I know. And I kept going further south. I got to, like, Sandy, and it went, like, from wet – to dry roads. Yeah. I'm like, it's always oh, it's so weird. Completely it was changed. such a total Utah <laughs> Rocky Mountain spring day yesterday. Yeah. Those big fluffy snowflakes uh-huh. that make you think that you're in the middle of a snowstorm yep. and then it just melts so fast. And then the sun's out and you're like, cool. Make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's crazy stuff. Well, uh, let's get, let's dive right in. And Ryan, I want to, uh, you obviously were at BYU Alumni Day yesterday and you mentioned the fact that Kalani's trying to rebuild a lot yes. of that just bring everybody back yeah. and there was um i saw pictures of guys like uh, chris pella for example yes longtime lavelle edwards assistant he was there yesterday oh yeah chris is amazing he recruited one was one was one of the first guys that recruited me okay um came out to my house in, in northern california that mm-hmm. was his his area at the time and um and he's still very lucid, and I, I don't even know how old he is now. But yeah. but um, I walked up to him and said hi, and, you know, we always just have that thing because I was one of – he was one of my first contacts with BYU. Yeah. Now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Michelle weigh in on this as well. It's something I feel like Kalani has picked up a little bit off of what Kyle Whittingham has done. Kyle's been very good at Utah about being – okay – Let's get the alumni back here and let yes. them like both embrace the current crop mm-hmm. of athletes, but at the same time, remember, hey, this is this is your home. Like you built relationships here that are going to last forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my input on yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, I just want your thought because you 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 covered Utah very closely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I it's you know what it's really nice to see BYU getting back to that as well. Mm-hmm. I I've I have friends that. I mean, obviously, Hans, actually. Yeah. Like, Hans and I go clear back to ESPN 700. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember in those days, you know, he kind of would lament about, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like we're wanted back. And uh, so to see that kind of shift and turn around and and have people feel welcome. Derek Stevenson was another one I yeah. talked to about mm-hmm. that. Um, I think it's just really cool because I, I know a bunch of former Utah guys um, dating clear back to the 80s and 90s, and they show up to everything. And so it means a lot to them. It means yeah. a lot to them to see the program that they help build continue to prosper and grow and move in a new direction. And for BYU and BYU's former players to also have that opportunity, like I just understand how much that means to yeah. them. And so I think it's great that we're starting to see that move back down south as well. Yeah. I mean, my take on it is, you know, we had Lavelle, obviously very close-knit mm-hmm. family situation. Um, then we, you know, jumped through a couple guys. You know, Croton was there for a pretty short time. Yeah. Um, but um, Bronco's just, um, you know, he just hit, he's just Bronco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guys that played for him are very close-knit. And oh, it's, yes. you know— he he created the family within the team, and he focused on that. And, you know, that's okay. Um, he just didn't go out of his way to, you know, do any of, anything else because mm-hmm. he was such a focused individual. And, and that that's okay. Um, but it just kind of waned in the, um, the relationship oh, yeah. aspect. And he had different things to focus on. You know, I, I think in some ways it's wrong for people to get too on him because he had his other – other things you know that he was focusing on and it just over the years you know it just became a little bit you know maybe awkward he didn't really 
have opportunities for us to go down there. So, sure. um, so obviously as soon as, um, Kalani came in, he's just such a Lavelle guy. Everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you can feel it and he make, he does a great job. Well, and that's the thing about this is it was fun yesterday because just to wander around and see just who was there. Like mm-hmm. Austin Colley was wandering around. Yes. I had a chance to chat with him for a second. And he's talking about the fact that like, a lot of those guys that were playing in last night's alumni game that didn't play last year said that they saw what happened last year's yes. alumni game. were like, no, nah, I'm going to be a part of yeah. that. Right. Yeah. No, it was it was that's it's just going to keep getting better. <laughs> it was it was yeah. fun. And and I love it because. We want to be competitive. We want to show that, hey, I can still throw it around and <laughs> catch it. But it, there's nothing more annoying than church ball guy that wants to and, – and you don't see that out there. People are just having fun. Um, no one's going to hurt anybody. Um, you know, every, you know, there's people competitive, and we want to mm-hmm. show that our era was pretty good, and they want to show that. <laughs> but um, but it, all, in the end, it's just a good time. It's, a, it's just a and, – and everyone always comments about just – Walking on the field again is just such Correct. a, you know, you know, such a euphoric yeah. um, feeling. Um, and they did some fun stuff this time. Like when I played, we didn't do the run on the field with the steam, and you know, yeah. we we had a, you know the run on the field thing. But um, the, you know, they did an announcements and. Um, you know, sometimes I think some of the old guys were like, "Nah, that would be fun to do." So, so I think they pulled that they they pulled that out of the bag this year, and yeah. I, it'll just get better every year. Now, when it comes to the, just like the, kind of embracing the past, because we were doing media interviews while they were doing the announcements of the alumni players coming out, uh-huh. and you could tell, I got, oh yeah, they had guys doing it. Are you going to be playing in this game one day, Ryan? That's oh, my absolutely. I would have played this year, but, you know, there's so many quarterbacks. Well, I, think- I don't feel bad. And also, you know, maybe the timing will be better last year. I, I've done some back work. I know. Recently, I was going to ask how physically, because you had a back a surgery, correct? Uh, not a, I mean, I had an ablation. Okay. You know, that yeah. stuff. I'm trying to avoid, you know, the, the, the major heavy duty yeah. stuff. And I think I, I think I will. I, I actually had a total knee done recently, and Jeez. you know, just just some of the typical old old, um, old, old player injury stuff. But yeah. um, but the cool thing about being a quarterback is there's there's you just get a drop back and there's no rush, and it's, <laughs> it's the fun side. You know, I still have an arm; I can still throw it, so what, I'm ready to go. And that's what John Beck was telling me. I said, like, "Okay, it was it was uh, Kevin Federick versus Max Hall last year. Yeah. It was the, the the starters, quote unquote, were uh-huh. Ty Detmer and John Beck, and both of them essentially said." Well, uh, we'll see who we hand it off to next year in terms of like the headlining yeah. quarterback. So <laughs> yeah, it's, well, Ty told me he's like, uh, "Hey, I might use you as a secret weapon if my shoulder doesn't feel good. <laughs> You're coming <laughs> off the field, you know." But I was like, "No, I didn't. I didn't bring anything to be on a field with." So, well, and that's, that's the other thing about this is Ty was throwing 50 yards last night. Yeah, wow. you don't. You yeah. don't he's lose still, your he's arm. Okay. He still, still, still got, got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you don't you lose your arm. I, you know. Me and Dewey have a thing where we talk about. We had a contest back when we played about um, how far we could throw a ball, and um, and we were you know messing around with if you come back, we're going to do that contest again. But <laughs> he got stuck on a plane or something. I, he didn't make it back yesterday. So, um, but uh, but I could tell he was watching um, <laughs> and wishing he he was coming out. So wish, wishing he was here. I I mean, talk a little bit more about what it's like seeing these guys because I've heard it from the Utah end, but what what's it like on the BYU end not seeing these guys forever and then 
kind of being put together and is it just like things click like you never left? Oh, absolutely. Um, of course, your teammates are all are the ones you're, you're looking for. But, you know, Kalani, you know, made a good point also this. And I and I saw people really making more of an effort to, you know, meet guys from other generations, mm-hmm. um, other teams, um, because we really are a, a family as a whole. And um and I met a couple guys that I hadn't met before. Um, of course, we recognize faces, and mm-hmm. and you know the stars kind of go, oh, there's that, you know, I, I you know, that's that's so and so. And but but um, you know, athletes have their pride, and they're like, you know, <laughs> who's going to come up and treat, you know? But, yeah. but but we all, you know, it's 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 fun. I I, I met a few guys um, that I hadn't talked to before. Um, I met I, I I talked to Dennis Pitta, Pitta for a minute, and um, of course, you know, it's just crazy. I, you you just when when you're as old as me and you're like, you know I these these guys were like in grade school if that when I played. Current players weren't born. Not born. Current players wouldn't even been born. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. And, and it doesn't feel that long ago. Sure. Yeah. For me, I'm like it. Every time I go back there, it feels like yesterday. Honestly, um, and so you know, then I go. Oh, that was 30 years ago. Shoot. <laughs> okay, and remind me, the years you played were 91? I, I, 90 was my first oh, 90, year. Oh, 90, okay. The, the fall of 90. Oh, so Ty um, Detmer's Heisman Trophy yes. campaign. Okay, great. Yeah, the fall, fall of 90 was my my first year, my redshirt year. Uh-huh. Then my freshman year, um, 91 was when Ty um, uh, was a senior. Okay. Um, and they brought in a lot of quarterbacks. Um, I was just in that group to kind of hopefully find a – a successor, sure. Um, and then '92 was the year that I played. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, you're right. It doesn't seem that long ago, but that's it is 30, <laughs> 30 yeah. years in the past. Yeah, yeah, they creep up on you. <laughs> well, and Kate, so now with regards to the future for BYU, uh-huh. it's the Big Twelve, and I've talked with enough guys from your generation of BYU players, even going back. I've I've got an old neighbor of mine who played for Lavelle in the '70s. He was uh-huh. one of the first groups to come in and play for Lavelle. He has talked about his dream. So that's 50 years back. And yeah. he's talked about his, his dream was always to see BYU playing at the highest level of football. Certainly. In the 70s and 80s, they were able to compete at that level because it was a different format. And they obviously won that national title in 84. Sure. But he talked about the fact after that, he said it's been kind of locked. They've been locked out of playing at that top level. And, but now yeah. they're going into the Big 12. Mm-hmm. For you as an alum, how big of a deal is this? Oh, it's huge. Um you know, we got to dabble into those places when we'd have a couple fun non-conference games. Um, you know, I got I got to play at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. We had Penn State come into our house. Um, so we got to see the big boys, and um, typically we got to sneak up on them a few times. Yeah. Um, but you always were, um, you know, you kind of were, I don't know, not stood back by any means, but – Typically, you can tell the difference in the athletes um, when you go against, um, you know, those those upper levels. Yeah. Um, and and that that really is what stood apart. And, and you, yeah, you want to be considered one of the best. And um, and that just gives you the opportunity to do it on a week in week out basis. Um, and so that's that's what we want to strive. Um, you know, I don't know if it's just it's obviously not even just BYU. I think it's just being, a, a, you know, from this area and you know, not get feeling like you get the respect from the East Coast and um, just having the opportunity to, you know, play with the big boys, really. Well, that's that's the interesting part about this is I think you 
have said essentially what everybody else has said. It's like it's finally an opportunity to see them week in and week out get that opportunity. Yeah. Because you go back to BYU history, and they've played their fair share of Certainly. big games. Mm-hmm. And as you said, they sneak up every so often on somebody who overlooks them, and they, they nip them. And that's, yeah. that's the thing about it is you go and get like an Oklahoma in 08, for example. Absolutely. And you talk about Penn State. You talk about Notre Dame. Was that in 90? When was Notre Dame for you guys? 92. 92, um, okay. That was the first time we played them. Um, and it was at their place, of course. Okay. Um, Rick Meyer, Jerome Bettis. You know, they that was that was a big, um, big, big deal, um, and um, and a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, that seemed the interesting part is just to see this, and we'll talk more about this as today's show progresses. Like, kind of what you think that the well, actually, I'll, I'll talk to you right now. We got a minute sure. here. Yeah. What do you think BYU needs to do right now to be competitive? Absolutely build depth. Okay. Um, because the front level is ready for it, I think. Okay. Um, it's it's just depth. Um, and building confidence uh, on the whole team, uh, mm-hmm. within the whole program, um, and, you know, making sure that everyone b- bleeds and buys into the, you know, we're ready for this um, <laughs> you know, mentality. Um, I, I, I truly believe we do, but one thing is a couple guys go down and, you know, doubts start flying pretty quick. Um, and you want to avoid that. You want to have the depth. So there's just people ready to stand to, to step in. And, you know, I, that's, that's what I see. I, I think just building depth is, is key. Absolutely. I would absolutely agree. <laughs> having having again watched and we've yeah. talked about this a lot. I think that's what I keep saying all the time is mm-hmm. it's the depth part is the surprising part. Your uh-huh. ones probably can compete with just about anyone. It's yeah. it's once you start getting into October and November mm-hmm. that you start kind of clenching your teeth and and <laughs> really having to dig deep for for the first couple of years. Yeah. Um I want to go back to you mentioned t- playing some of the big boys. It sparked something uh-huh. um, that I haven't thought about in a little while. Uh, so when I worked with the Stallions, I worked with Lamar Thomas, who was wide receiver, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. With, with Miami, right? with Miami, yeah. and he talked about all the time uh, being so mad going down to Provo. I think it was ninety one, mm-hmm. and. and Losing to you guys. Yeah. What do you remember from that game? Oh, what I remember is actually, I think it was it was it was ninety. Actually, was it ninety? Yeah, it was ninety because it was my first. That was your I think first it was even game? before school started. Um, so I was a red shirt freshman, okay. um, and it was so early that I actually didn't even get a suit up. <laughs> and so we were up in the canyon um, uh, doing something. I think at Vivian Park or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and a couple of the other football players that were redshirt freshmen, okay, um, scholarship guys, and you know, you know, we we uh, didn't get to go to the pregame stuff, and so we weren't going to be on the sidelines. Um, but uh, um, we, the game was like early evening, I think, um, and we got stuck in traffic in the canyon, oh, no. um, trying to get to the game, and oh. we actually <laughs> barely got there for kickoff, and luckily. Um, uh, as a player, you have to go through a special entrance, and and we were it was our first time going to a game, so we didn't know really the whole procedure, and we were worried that like Lavelle would find out that we were late <laughs> and stuff, and we were panicked, um, but but we did get into the stadium for uh, the start of the game, and um, and wow, uh, yeah, crazy memories, um, you know that was just a pretty magical game, one of those games that you just feel it in the air, sure, and, and feel it feel it 
you know, everyone I'm sure that attended that game felt it. Um, it was just pretty magical. Um, and, um, you know, I think, uh, a lot of people can relate, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of people that, that have been around a football program, um, and, or been to a lot of big games. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, this, the stadium just has a different feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that was one of those games. Well, um, okay. We'll talk more of BYU football, but coming back, I want to talk a little baseball with you because sure. you, you've played at the highest levels of baseball. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more about your background. We'll get your thoughts on MLB opening up with yeah. some new rules, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, changing the game. We'll get to all that. It's coming up next right here on the Saturday show. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. One ninety-seven point five FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back to the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, and Ryan Hancock, former BYU pitcher slash quarterback, uh, sitting with, in with us today. And Ryan, uh, I think most people know this about you, but you played at BYU from 90 to 92 playing uh, football, but you were also playing baseball at the same time. Yeah. Um, when I was getting recruited by schools, um, I basically told them, I said, you know, just know that I'm going to be playing baseball as well. Uh-huh. So um, we got to fit that in, and hopefully, uh, you know, you have a a good base baseball program also. So, <laughs> so I got interest from a lot of baseball, football places. Sure. Um, and uh, but you know, I I always definitely leaned a little bit towards BYU with mm-hmm. my history and background. I'm, sure. My father played, and um, I was a fan that you know watched in the stake center as a 10 year old on the <laughs> okay. satellite, you know? Um, but, um, but I was, you know, very interested in a lot of other schools too. I, I had an open mind. I took a recruiting visit with coach McBride and, uh, even dabbled in that. So you never, well, knew I didn't what. know that. You, yeah. You know, Mac. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, he, he, they recruited me at the same time. And, um, that was back when, uh, Dan Henson was, uh, um, you know that his son drew okay uh, you know he was p- part of the staff and he recruited me and came out and, and i went on a recruiting visit to university of utah also for a weekend back when it was the whole weekend thing where you got five visits and <laughs> all these unofficial visit things that go on now are totally it's it was a way different game there yeah. uh, back then it was all about your five visits before that february 2nd or whatever you know that first tuesday signing period and now there's just a million different things and so complicated but um but uh yeah i got to go i i think i went we went skiing uh when i came up to uh Ski. Yeah, yeah. that's not happening this yeah. day uh-uh. there's <laughs> yeah. too much too much money at stake yeah. there <laughs> no it was it was fun yeah 
Okay, so I wanted to ask you about this because as a dual sport athlete in college, to balance both of those along with being a student, obviously, how difficult was that? You know, I honestly, I hear all the stories about people. It wasn't that hard. Okay. I'm not a genius by any means. I'm not a super (laughs) smart dude. I somehow pulled off a three-something GPA, but – it was. It wasn't that hard. I mean, we have so much help okay. as an athlete. If you're just a mature kid and you get your schoolwork turned in, it, it, that same thing happens in in college. You know, I just learned that don't get behind. Turn on all your assignments. Show up to class. You're gonna pass. Okay, <laughs> that's how it works. You know, and you know maybe maybe I was smart enough i it just wasn't that hard i i I really didn't struggle that much i don't remember doing tons of homework on the road and people talk i think byu has definitely gotten tougher academically since then not that it was easy then Mm -hmm. we i still had to do the crazy american heritage class and physical science (laughs) that that everyone fails (laughs) and biology 100 and uh kalani was making a joke about that the other day it was kind of funny but um the same classes you know we took all the same classes but i mean we had tutors to help us and um you know there's you know i hate to see that excuse come up Uh, i it was a little crazy during spring baseball and spring of spring football but lavelle was really cool about it i i got to miss all the drudgery of spring football i got to uh like early um in the week is when i went to football and later in the week when we had our weekend game series is when i was with baseball the, i would say the harder part of that was um just the transition between throwing a football and throwing a baseball um you kind of have a little bit different mechanics um so my control was a little bit off and it, it was always easy to go from baseball to football okay um throwing you know I can always throw a football, but baseball is a lot more intricate with your hand placement and mechanics. Mm-hmm. And so that was a little bit difficult, um, that that part of it for that, what, three weeks maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, I don't know. I enjoyed the challenge of as far as academics and, and school and playing and, um, and all that. Uh, you know, um, it, it, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing with me. Um, no, I but but I but I understand. Um, some people get more stressed about out about school. For me, it was just just get it done and we'll be fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, on where where did your love of sports originally start? Since you were a two sport guy, was uh-huh. it football? Was it baseball? Was it something else? Um, you know what? I actually, I mean, I always loved throwing stuff. Um, so, okay. you know, baseball, obviously. So I have hope can, for my son who loves yeah, to throw everything in my house? Chucking things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> chucking things is, was my deal. Um, so, of course, I was the kid, you know, recessed that they always played quarterback. And, okay. um, but the thing is, in California, Pop Warner football, which is basically the same thing as Little League football mm-hmm. here, it was always on Sundays. So... Me being LDS, parents, no, we're not doing stuff on Sundays. So I just never really got into tackle football. Um, It wasn't as political as it is now, like in in Utah, where you have to be on the team and if you even want to get considered um, once you get to the high school level. So I was just like, you know, I won't play, you know, I don't need to play tackle football. As soon as high school starts, I'll just, you know, I'll – I'll just come out for the team and be quarterback. 
And um, and but I was a bigger kid. I was already like six foot as a freshman. Um, oh, so um, so basically um, they wanted me to be like a linebacker. I'm like, no, I want to play quarterback. <laughs> and so but I started, I think my first couple of games, I was like a linebacker. Um, but I was like a backup quarterback, but, but it didn't take very long before I was, um, you know, the guy, um, I played, uh, didn't play varsity, um, until my junior year, um, okay. because it was a lot more freshman team, sophomore team than, you know, in my area. Um, and you know, I didn't really get an opportunity to prove my ability to, to throw cause we, we didn't really have a passing offense. Um, but by my junior year we did and because we had a few guys that could throw and a few guys that could catch and we just you know took off from there but i i loved um football uh it was you know i loved the contact i loved the fact that i was a little bigger than most of the people <laughs> and could move a little bit um so um so uh you know my whole line was smaller than i was but um but uh, you know, your I was, entire offensive line was smaller than you. Uh, no, I yeah, there was maybe one guy that was heavier than me. I was six two, two oh five. Okay, um, you know, as a sophomore. Gotcha. So, um, and by my junior, year, I was you know maybe two ten, two fifteen, and you know, um, my, I don't think any of my linemen were wow. over two hundred. Okay, yeah. Huh. So, because <laughs> well, Scott Mitchell, who hosts Unrivaled here, I've done a show with him, and he talked about the fact that when he played at Springville High yeah, School, right, yeah. and he had this exact same thing happen. And he uh-huh. said, "I'm bigger than everybody else on that football field." And uh-huh. kind of changed. He said, it, "His mind, he said, changed his dynamic of you're you're the." quote big man on campus, like literally in sure. that in that yeah. sense. But then he said you get to the next level and it's finally like, okay, everybody's my size or bigger. So then it's like it changes a little bit yeah. in a way. It was like, oh, this is fun. These guys are actually bigger than me. Um <laughs> you know, I you know, finally I don't have to be running around and um uh, yeah. It 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 it's a different dynamic. Um uh you know I like I said we didn't play both ways. Mm-hmm. Um uh so I was you know, I I did play a little bit of safety, um, but, uh, but yeah, I I always wanted to be a quarterback. So was baseball just a natural just addition for like you do something in the spring? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I also played basketball actually okay. in high school. I didn't play my senior year because by that time um, I probably would have, but uh, we had, had a coach that wasn't a lot of fun. It's kind of into just running and you know we. I ended up just playing football and baseball my my senior year, but um, but uh, you know I just like to mix it up. I, I there were different things about both sports that I loved and um, knew I wanted to pursue both. Um, was actually six, successful from a pretty young age in baseball, and they didn't have all the club stuff back then. But mm-hmm. um, but I got invited to play with older guys, and um, I always wanted to challenge myself and play against the best I could, and um, and um. But I, but as far as football, we, you know, I just did a little bit of passing league stuff here and there. They didn't have all the development stuff back then either. And I was right there in the Bay Area where you would think, um, you know, it would, it, it was somewhat of a hotbed, I guess you could say, of talent. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, but I mean, things have changed so much. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the um, sports specialization stuff has gotten so huge. Um, um, however, uh, people are starting to realize that it is very advantageous to do a couple different sports, I think. so. 
Absolutely. Uh, now, so I want to talk about your t- when you made the decision to go into baseball at BYU. You, yes. you had a pretty devastating knee injury. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What pushed you to say, you know what, I'm going to go after baseball full time now? Well, um, you know, I that was not the plan um, <laughs> by any means. Sure. Uh, I love football. You you, you can't um, recreate the rush of being in a stadium of 60,000 people um, and really having, I mean, you control the game as a pitcher, but mm-hmm. it's such a thinking sport versus kind of a adrenaline sport that mm-hmm. football is. Um, and so, you know, I was very attracted to football as well, obviously. Um, and, you know, I wanted to push that as far as I could. But once I had that, that knee injury and the timing of it was right before my first draftable season in baseball. Um, it. it happened in November, last game of the season. Um, you know, uh, and so the timing was obviously not ideal. And, and so I just had to prove that, uh, you know, I could get back on the, the diamond as quick as possible. I had an, an ACL reconstruction and, and was able to pitch, but kind of took the choice out of my hands as far as I was hoping to sign professionally that, that draft and then come back for another year at BYU because people were starting to recognize me as an NFL prospect. Like okay. Kuiper rated me to be the second quarterback taken my senior year. If no I big were to deal. Play out, yeah, <laughs> that was back when Kuiper was like just starting out. He was the only guy doing okay. doing um doing you know those projections. Um, and so you know I I had the you know visions of of that was right when Dion was starting to dabble in two sports. I knew as a quarterback, there was no way you're going to do two sports professionally, <laughs> but um, I had, you know, there were people like Danny Angel had played a professional sport while they were in college. Um, like, you know, he signed with the blue Jays. And mm-hmm. so I knew that I could try that. Um, so I was thinking, you know, I was supposed to be a first round draft pick before my knee injury. Um, and Luckily, I was able to get back out on the mound and only slip to the second round. And once that happened, um, that was a huge blessing because a lot of people didn't think I'd recover that fast. Um, but I did, um, and I was, you know, like a, it was pretty awesome to be able to get drafted that that June um, by the Angels um, in the Major League Draft at, at, in the second round. However. Of course, they put the stipulation, if you want to sign with us, there's no more football. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, the ACL stuff. Uh, now, had I not had the injury, they wouldn't have had that angle. Got know? it. You know, so I probably would have come back and been able to, you know, see where, you know, maybe come out a year early for the NFL. Um, but um, those choices kind of disappeared. Um, that summer when I was waiting, negotiating with my – my, my agent, the Angels, were kind of playing hardball with, you know, the, the what they were going to pay me, and mm-hmm. and and I did for a minute start to think about coming back because you know that that would have put me at like nine, ten months. I was for an ACL, that was a possibility, um, but um, they came through, and and I had to give up baseball. I mean, had to give up football, which um, was tough. And I would love to have two lives to see what could have happened, but <laughs> but. Um, didn't work out that way. I learned a lot um, recovering from an ACL injury, as a lot of people will relate. Uh, it's a very humbling experience, and and uh, you mature a lot. Um, I'm a different, 
player because of it. I pr- didn't throw as hard after that. I don't know if it was because of the injury. It probably was. Um, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I, interestingly enough, Utah's current quarterback right now, yes. Cam Rising's going through an ACL. Mm-hmm. You know, having gone through that process and especially – Back in a time where it dictated your career choice Absolutely. a lot more uh, than it maybe would now, what what kind of advice would you give to someone like him? Um, shoot, uh, you know he's been he's had some other injuries he's already overcome, um, but um, you know I he'll definitely overcome this injury. He'll he'll be okay. Um, um, I would just say you know don't push it. Um, you know make sure that that you're you're ready to go when you are, if you, if he, and I think he definitely, everyone has aspirations to play at the next level. Um, I don't think he needs to have a full season to um, show what he can do. Um, everyone already knows he definitely um, has the mental side down and the leadership side down. He's an unbelievable leader. Um, and that's a big part of being an, an attractive um, piece to an NFL team, especially at quarterback. Um, so he just needs to show that, um, you know, once he does get back to a hundred percent that he is an, an NFL caliber talent. So I would say, um, you know, don't, uh, get out there and risk anything until it's, it's fully ready to go because, um, um, you know, if, if you get out there and hurt it again, it just, that's 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 rough. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure he's getting that advice. Um, um, and, um, yeah, he, he I, I don't worry about about Cam Rising. You know, he's he's proven his mettle. Um, he's a smart guy um, and um, he's going to do the right, the best thing for himself. OK, with regards to that, when because you said you, you're able to get back on the mound pretty quick and be able to pitch. Yes. Mm-hmm. How much of a mental hurdle? I mean, me and Michelle have talked about this. The mental hurdle of when you have your knee go out on you like like that. Well, I will tell you, um, it would be different for football, sure, because you're you can take a hit at that, at, you know, at any point. In baseball, yeah. it was more about just feeling strong. You don't have to worry about um, being strong and getting tackled at the yeah. same time. So, um, so that's why you know I was. Shoot, I was throwing in January after a surgery, you know, at the end of November. November. Wow. You know, I could throw. Um, I wasn't pushing off the mound yet. Uh By February, I was pushing off the mound. Um, um, And then March, I didn't make my debut in a live game until um, I think it was May. Okay. Um, But um, it really just took a couple games of me throwing in front of scouts um in games later in that season where i was hitting the 90s again where they they um had um you know the confidence that i was draftable and and would but i did have to pitch with um and with um a brace on which wasn't ideal um but uh um you know i did that for my first season and with the angels i pitched with the brace um you know, I I want to say that it was never a mental uh, a mental uh, hurdle for me because 
um, I felt like I, you do so much rehab, and you're you go my leg's stronger than it was before. Okay, but um, I d- would say that um, it's different for an athlete that's out cutting and doing. I had to do be able to feel the a bunt and stuff, and you know I'd have to still move around. Sure, but it's a very controlled movement in baseball <laughs> um, versus football. Um, so I'm sure there's more of a mental. Um, hurdle um, when you're doing something that has a lot more um, movement and such, um, it would be tough. It, it really would be because I didn't ever throw as hard um, after my – I was throwing mid-90s um, to upper 90s before my ACL, and I only hit that a couple times in my professional career after that. Okay. So, um but I did learn to be a smarter pitcher. Um, but yeah, as far as baseball, uh, I mean football, um, it, it would definitely be be a hurdle. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just something you just have to. Um, you're, you're telling yourself it's almost like you don't even want to think about it. Uh-huh. But the fact that you're not thinking about it, you're thinking about it. You know, it's okay. just it's it's a different thing, and it's gonna be there. Um, you know, for some people, it's going to be harder than others. It's just a case by – it can be a case by case, but it's definitely a challenge. That, I guess that, that's the interesting thing. You mentioned the fact that like, you feel like it's stronger in a way. We had Joe oh, Wills yeah. on with DJ and PK leading up to the Bucks game. This goes back a week or so. And yeah. he, he was 10 months after his ACL, and he said, guys, at some point you're just rehabbing to rehab. Yeah. It's what he told DJ and PK. He's like, I'm, I'm just going to get out there and play and see how yeah. it goes. So, yeah, I, I heard that injury uh, – <laughs> that interview. Yeah, I, um, yeah I, I, I can relate. You, you just – you kill it in rehab, especially when I mean, especially as an athlete. You sure. know, they're they're they want to get you way past what you know your common, you know, day to day person is. Obviously, so very cool. All right, coming up next, we're gonna get to technical fouls. I don't know how, and I think you're pretty yes. familiar with this I've, format. Yeah. Uh, we'll fun. have some fun with that. Uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, I do want to get to Major League Baseball and kind of what you think is going to happen sure. uh, with with the sport. We'll also get us back to some BYU talk. Ryan Han- Hancock sitting in with uh, Michelle and I right here on the Saturday Show. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a blast. Because that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Time now for technical fouls, and most of our listeners are familiar with this, where we reward people for behaving badly in sports. It's a holdover. This goes back. Like This segment on this show predates me hosting this show. Let's just put it that way. It's that old, and it's been around for a while. Uh, but let's start off with one's more serious than the other. So I'm going to start off with the fun one. We'll get to the more serious one here in a moment. So I'm going to have Christian uh, lay this out for us. I think most people have seen this on social media, but Michelle apparently had not. I had not. So go ahead. So long story short, you said it was a, a Dodgers? Dodgers game, yeah. Okay, so was that a Dodgers game? It was opening, game? opening, opening day. day. Yeah, opening day. Opening night. day yeah. at you know a Dodgers game. This fan, uh, a, a man, he jumps over the outfield the barrier wall. in yeah. the outfield. He runs into the outfield in the grass, turns around, gets on his knee, pulls out a ring, proposes to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the crowd's cheering. Everybody's loving it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a security guard cleans his clock, <laughs> takes his head off while the man is still on his knee proposing <laughs> 
to uh, his girlfriend. I saw a follow up <laughs> post. She said yes. Okay, good. Um, the, the post was happy. You know, he's he's smiling. I'm sure he got you know. I don't know if he was arrested, but <laughs> he, he, bro- he had he broken ribs. He'll get arrested. Yeah. Uh, in the it- picture I saw, his face was kind of all, you know, his face was like rubbed into the grass. So he kind of had oh. some, some turf burn. <laughs> um, so his face was a little bruised, but the fiance, she was smiling, holding up the ring, and uh, they looked happy. So that's a, <laughs> a memorable proposal yeah, for who, sure. Who gets the technical foul, though? Was it the guy for doing it or the guy that hit him so hard? I don't know. <laughs> Man, I <laughs> would say the guy. You got to know you can't do well, that. that. No. Yeah, you yeah. can. Well, yeah, you know. You don't want to ask for permission. Exactly. Because here's the thing. <laughs> My brother proposed to his wife at a jazz game. And I got I, I actually made a phone call. And we were at the jazz, working at the jazz arena at the time. And I helped facilitate that. They wouldn't let us do it on the court in game. So I, I, he just did it in the stand. But yeah. I, I asked permission before. For that, I had, sure. I had another. My best friend from high school got uh, proposed to his girlfriend at midcourt in the Jazz Arena. It was a non-game day, and I called mm-hmm. security and said, "Hey, my buddy's going to come and go right on ahead." You got to know, like you can ask for yeah. permission. Just don't be like, you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to sneak on. <laughs> I'm going to jump out of the stands. <laughs> I'm going to trot out into the outfield. I'm going to flip around. Like, <laughs> it's funny because there's that saying that sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness sure. than it is for. But that's that's yeah. that doesn't apply here. No, I, I don't think he was expecting to get crushed, but I think he knew he was going to get arrested. Oh, you're, you're, you're getting trespassing charges. Yeah, there's no doubt about For that. Sure. Okay, I'm glad that she said yes. Like it worked out in the end. I just you, you got to know at that point. Yeah. Like, you're you're going to take you're you're well. Okay, he did get hit pretty hard. I got to say, like we've seen a lot of other fans that have run on the fields, football, uh, et cetera, that have been just kind of bear-hugged and, like, dragged away. Yeah. I don't know if this security guard's a former football player, but it was it was a hell of a hit, I got to say. Like, <laughs> yes. He came, I mean, like, probably would have been targeting in college football, like, because he got him yeah, pretty good. I'm going to have to go check this out. If Yeah, you got to find, it's so funny because it's, you know, the the guy on his knee is perfectly oh, in frame yeah. then just out of nowhere yeah. like you have no idea that <laughs> yeah. the security's coming it was out a tight of nowhere frame. Yeah. the the security guard just flies in like yeah. he's oh, a, a safety yeah i hope the that he didn't lose his ring. <laughs> well, okay, and that's that was my question as well cuz you open that up and they're they're pretty secure in those boxes yeah. but the hit he took i'm like if that ring went flying, like, it was a Charlie Brown moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the grass on those major league fields is fairly short, and you know this, Ryan. Like yeah. it, they're they're immaculate mm-hmm. with the field conditions and everything. I'm just afraid that I'm just, I want that ring to, like diamond to pop loose or I something know. like that. Yeah, it proved its worth <laughs> if it made it through that that hit. Absolutely. All right, Michelle, where are we going next? Okay, so normally we have fun with this. Yeah. Uh, but it it felt like this was a great time to just kind of bring up, reemphasize, rehash. Uh, this week, ESPN and ESPN Plus mm-hmm. previewed a documentary about the Lauren McCluskey case. Um, Lauren McCluskey was murdered by a boyfriend on the University of Utah campus. She was a track star up at the University of Utah. Um, and everything that could have been handled wrong in that case was handled wrong, not just by the university. Um, and I'm not excusing what happened at the university level like they were wrong they were absolutely wrong and they deserve every bit of criticism that they get for this uh but i think the most disturbing part was all the things that happened outside of the university level that could have prevented this uh including people 
that had information on this guy and mm-hmm. just sat on it. I I mean, I don't know how you can be an employer and hear that this guy was stalking his girlfriend, mm-hmm. extorted her for money, and I know that she's told the police. So can I please just kind of quit <laughs> so I can like avoid being arrested and you don't contact the police after knowing that being told that just so my whole thing is we gotta be better about not being so apathetic when we're told things or when something seems off and not right and that goes for both men and women because i've had an instance where i've alerted people over a male student athlete okay about something that sounded a little sketch and creepy going on with them uh And I've done it with female employees as well when I've been in charge of things. It's just, it's just when something's wrong or doesn't sound right, that's not the time to sit on your hands and go, oh, that sounds really sad, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. No, no. I was just going to say, like, here's the thing speak up. You know, you know when things have crossed the line. And and I, I actually know what you're talking about. I'm like, how is this person not being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a call and make sure that everything, because, like, can you just let me go so I don't get, like, really? Like, you don't think something's up with this. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't feel wrong to you at all. That's not concerning at all to you. That yeah. doesn't raise a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's such an easy thing to do to make a phone call and just make sure that things are straight. Yeah. Well, I- the Lauren McCluskey thing, it's just, it, it's a really sad deal. And I, by the way, in some ways, I'm actually appreciative to ESPN for exposing more information on it in a way. I don't know if you agree with that, Michelle, but like, it's yes. nice to hear them reveal more of the overall story, if that makes sense. Oh, it's, it's so important. And we should be having those conversations mm-hmm. more than we do and a lot more openly than we do. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, I've had scary, I've been I'm in sure. a car with my friend with an abusive boyfriend before. Like, I mean, we've all had and been around scary situations that could have gone so bad and so south. Uh, This is not an uncommon thing, Mm -hmm. but we kind of treat it like it's uncommon. Yeah, well, that situation's heartbreaking. That's the thing about it. It completely changes the whole, I don't know. I think we can all be better from that, if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. But speak up. You know, and Ryan, you can probably agree that like, you know when things have crossed the line. Yeah, I mean, put the information out there. Yeah. Um, let people know because we learn from history. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- it, but if there's no history, <laughs> there's no information, no one's going to know what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't agree with Michelle Moore. I mean, put it out there. Let someone know. Um, you know, trust your instincts. Um, mm-hmm. But um, being quiet about it, um, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, you you got to, you got to, you know, trust your, your instincts and, and let people know. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will uh, come back on the other side. Uh, Major League Baseball has really changed how a lot of people are going to perceive this sport. And Ryan, obviously, since you pitched at that level, you can speak better to this than almost anybody we probably could have had in studio. We'll get to that next. We'll also talk some more BYU football as today's Saturday show uh, continues or progresses right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
Welcome back to the Saturday show. Uh, we were just enjoying the guy getting hit. Michelle, uh, your thoughts on that? Because it was the first time you'd seen it. I think I would be personally very embarrassed. I feel like I, I'm not claiming you. <laughs> well, I can tell you this much. My wife, she knew what I did. And she knew I worked in sports media, and she said, if you're going to propose, don't you dare. Don't you dare do it at a sporting event. She like she My said, fiance told me the same thing. Like, I mean, for the uninitiated, yeah. I just got engaged yeah, con- by just the way, like a few months ago. Congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. And she, you know, she knew that it was coming up, and obviously she knows – I have this job. Yeah. I'm a big sports fan. She said, by all means, like, do not do it at a sporting event or, like, a public place with, like, random people, <laughs> which some people love that. Some people are totally okay with that. But you do have to be aware of what she wants because it's a special moment for her, too, mm. not just the guy. Know who you dealing with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. She, she, my wife was like... You do that, it, it's off. I, I would hate that. Oh, I would hate that so much. <laughs> and see, the thing when my brother decided to do it at a jazz game, I kind of looked at him like, "You're sure she's okay with this?" Yeah. <laughs> I, the guy is like, "Like check. a good brother should." I just triple checked with him like, "Are you? Can, I don't want this to go south on you here, bud." <laughs> like that'd be because it's, it's a very public venue to be doing that in. Yeah. So, all right. Anyways, uh, so Major League Baseball has started. Obviously, kicking off the season here. And Ryan, I you obviously played for the California Angels. I first want to ask you, when you finally got that call up, how like life-changing a moment is that? When they say, hey, you're going to the bigs. Um, I kind of relate it to the way I kind of got thrown into my first um, college start. Like, um, you don't really get a lot of time to think about it because it's so rushed. Um, okay. I wasn't brought up in a situation as far as baseball um, that it was as much of high pressure. I wasn't going in to be the starting quarterback. Um you know, so it kind of wasn't that nerve wracking mm-hmm. for me. Um, and it also we weren't like in the hunt or anything okay. that I, I, I was brought up um, just because a roster spot opened up um, and um, they needed another pitcher. There's you know, a guy in the bullpen. His arm was bugging him and and I was just the next guy in line. OK. And um, I wasn't jumping into the starting rotation or anything. But um, but it's very surreal, obviously. Um, and um you know, you love to see this and hear the stories about guys getting their first call up. Um, you know, it's 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 obviously a dream come true for for sure, and and something I you know you know I cherish. But uh, um, but I didn't have a super high stress situation. I just got stuck in the pen <laughs> first day. Actually, the first game I, I was was um, I flew into from. Uh, from Canada, I was playing in Vancouver at the time. AAA for was that the where the AAA yeah. was in Vancouver? Um, okay. So I flew into Minnesota, um, the Metrodome, you yeah. know, the, the the trash bag stadium, and uh, <laughs> um, I wasn't activated yet because they were waiting. Um, so I didn't have to pitch the first day I was in uniform because I wasn't activated. Um, the next day we went to Cleveland, um, which is a little more nerve wracking because you're going from playing the twins to that was the year that um kenny lofton and albert bell and sandy alomar and omar viscal okay yeah you know a bunch of studs um and like okay this is the first team i might get an opportunity against and um and uh yeah just went from there (laughs) that's awesome uh i okay so 
this is going to tell my age. Growing up, very popular movie, Angels in the Outfield. Uh, yeah, for Obviously, sure. you were playing kind of around that yeah. time. Uh, what kind of impact did that movie have on you guys, if at all anything? Well, um, I th- I th- what? Someone look up what year that movie came out. 94. 94. So it was already a thing, and that was the California Angels, and, you know, they they were in the same uniforms and stuff. Um, The team was... Owned by Disney back then. Yeah. Oh no, so, kidding. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So sports, I was a Disney sports ownership. By the way, yeah. Is not like everything else they've hit, touched, touched has like turned to gold. Uh-huh. Their sports ownership has like their history of it hasn't been solid. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> that Gene Autry was still kind of a, an yeah. owner. But I don't know how the whole Disney thing worked out. But I was a Disney employee, so I got like a silver pass. I could go to Disneyland whenever I wanted to. And um, so that side of it was kind of interesting. I, I, I spent a lot of my time with the angels on the road. Sure. Um, so we only went to Disneyland a few times, me and my wife, um, but it was kind of cool. Like, Hey, I, you know, I, I have the, the golden pass to Disneyland, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Disney employee. So um, no, that was, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, but as far as angels in the outfield go, um, uh, yeah, people were doing the the would do the <laughs> flap course. thing um, uh, as kind of one of the things uh, you know in, in the stands. But um, it was enough of a kids a movie that uh, um, you know the kids in the stands would do it more. It, it yeah. didn't really catch on with the players <laughs> because that was a very I wouldn't say it's a hokey movie, but it was great Disney movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, so far from reality that um, as a player, you're just kind of like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it was it 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 was um, you, that's how you would, you know, relate to the movie. I, I remember people in the stands doing the, the, the waving. Thing. Thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. So now with regards to Major League Baseball, they've imp- implemented the pitch clock this year. Yeah. And, I remember when this finally went through, people were like, it's going to ruin the sport. It's going to alter it forever. Well, it has altered it. Yeah. My early perception is it's actually going to alter it for the good. What do yeah, you think? I do. Um, you know, I'm very much an old school guy uh-huh. um, in a lot of ways, but um, there were a few guys that were ruining it for this next generation of fans. Um, you know, that definitely is, you know, I want my sports now and I want to do it and want to watch the highlights. Mm-hmm. I want to get my game in the slow pace of baseball is not really fitting what people are into as a, as sports fans. Um, so it's okay to make those adjustments. Um, it really doesn't change the game that much. Baseball is very much a traditional sport. Obviously we all know people yeah. get all huffy about little changes and little <laughs> things that are going on. Um, however, um, uh, that's something that was getting out of hand um, pitchers that took forever and batters that, do a million different adjustments and games should not be three hours plus. And so they, you know, that's just, you know, you, you try things and if it feels like this actually is, is going to work. Um, um, you, you, ne- you never want to see a game decided by one of those rules. Um, it's going to happen here and there. Oh, yeah. We talked about it in the first like, day of spring training, the strike three yeah. bases loaded end the game. They were very strict about it in spring training, which is probably what they needed to do because uh-huh. then on the flip side, maybe they can have a slight amount of flexibility. And I think one thing I'd like to see them do is it can't be so black and white that an umpire has to – making a decision like mm-hmm. that in a situation where it is crucial because honestly 
what's that extra second going to do um, uh, advantageous, advantageous yeah. wise in a game, well, you know, um, go ahead and in rights in some situations, they need to give the umpires a little bit of flexibility. And I, I'd like to see that that's the case. Um, they don't have to be hardy about everything they do. Um, you know, they, they should definitely uh, um, have a little bit of gray area, hopefully. Um, and, and allow that. Um, but you, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, it seems like it's working out. They, what they've said games the first weekend were cut down to like two hours and 15 minutes on average. Um, that does work better. Um, you know, some people really enjoy the really slow part of baseball, but for the most part, no, um, it's fun to be at the park. Yeah. Um, and have all that time to talk. Right. But when you're watching on TV, no chance. And as we all know, um, it's all about the TV ratings. Oh, yes. And that's where the money comes in. Um, you know, people still will have the opportunity to go to games, but that's a lot smaller faction of 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 the economic side of the sport. Um, they need to please the TV world. Um, yeah. um, it's just that's the way it is. So um, I think it I think it's a good thing. Speaking of being there in person, favorite ballpark, favorite ballpark food. <laughs> oh, as far as favorite ballpark, I'm very partial um, to where I made my debut at Cleveland Jacobs Field. What is it called now? I don't right. even know what they call it anymore. They've changed so many times. I don't know. But it was Jacobs <laughs> Field back then. Um, that that was, I, I you know, Cleveland doesn't get um, a lot of good press for progressive. <laughs> they're progressive. Progressive field, field yeah. now. Um there's a lot of beautiful, amazing ballparks I've been able to go to. I haven't played in all of them. Um, but as far as, uh, shoot, ballpark food, um, my wife and daughter have a, a bucket list of going everywhere, and they're probably better um, people to ask about food. But when I've gone um, on a couple trips with them, uh, we went to um, Padres Stadium last year. Petco. Um, Petco. Yeah. And, oh, they had some amazing brisket uh I'm very partial to br- <laughs> to smoked meats, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and um, they had like brisket fries or something, Oof. and you could just smell it the whole game. And I'm like, I don't care if they're nineteen dollars, we're getting them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, um, the Angels have this thing. Their deal is uh, nachos in a helmet, and I'm like, come on, like. I, I'm just not a nachos guy. I've been there, done um, that. I, had yeah. it, I actually just had it last year. And yeah, it's, it's. I'm with you. It's a weird concept. Still a fan though. But it, but it, it's unique. So yes. we're, it's. I I put it in the in the, you know I'll. I'm not a. I think the cougar tail is kind of lame because I think it's Whoa, way too much. Oh, that's okay. That's I think a it's hot way take. Too, way too much donut and so freaking unhealthy and they <laughs> they make them the night before uh-huh. so they're not. Fresh. I'm very picky about my donuts. Um, and it is a nacho on a helmet. The, the helmet is like a plastic. It, it's for, for a lot of people, they think it's great because they're getting a helmet. Like, no, it's a plastic 30 cent dumb helmet. I've got four, of, I've got four of them in my house. And, I and, and, they're, that much. and they're, and what does it cost? Like 19. Oh, yeah. It, it's pretty good. It's, it's a pretty, it's not a bad nacho, actually, but it's not worth the cost, but ballpark food is way over the top. Anyway, you got to expect you're going to be dropping bank anyway, <laughs> wherever you go. So, um, but it's it's fun. It works. So, all right. So you grew up in the Bay Area. Yeah. Were you an were you an Angels fan all growing up? I was an Angels fan t- 
actually initially because I got drafted by them at a high school also. Okay. Um, so out of high school. I didn't school, know that. You were drafted by them twice. Yes, okay. I was drafted pretty high out of high school too, uh-huh. but I told them I'm playing college football. Okay. Um, so if, you know, if you could work with me there, yeah. maybe we'll work something out, but I didn't end up signing. And I was drafted by the Angels, and they were they seemed like a very – cool organization not that i had experience to know what another organization was like but mm-hmm. um but um they were really great the way they d- dealt with me um i was a nolan ryan fan okay um big time uh got a chance to play with his son reed up in um, alaska um and get a lot of inside cool stories about about nolan uh, <laughs> and he, it was the namesake obviously sure. but the guy is just the consummate athlete. I don't know how you can't make that guy your your um, your idol. But anyway, um, he was an angel. Um, but I, that was before my time. Yeah. But um, but when I found that out more, he was like an Astros pitcher when I, when I was like in high school and stuff. Um, well, he only pitched like twenty five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I was an Angels fan. But I, I was a Giants fan as well. Um, I was going to ask uh, that. Giants was it, was, it and, was the A's or Giants? You know, this is weird. I was an A's fan. Okay. Of Bash Brothers. Sure. Um, that was, um, you know, McGuire and Conseco yep. were were pretty cool when I was um, <laughs> sure in, in, in high school, um, and so I was probably a little bit bigger of an A's fan. Um, but as soon as I got the the Angels connection, they're in the same division, and they suddenly became kind of a rival. And um, and then I pitched against them all the time yeah. in the minors because they're a West Coast minor league. Um, organization mostly as well so they were in all the leagues I was in so I played against all the the A's um, prospects and pitched against them twice in the big leagues um, had a, my best game and my worst game against the A's but now I'm a, a Giants National League Angels American League fan okay I, that's the way to do it, man. You have two teams, and <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it also plays to you grew up in the Bay Area, so the Giants are really easy, and then obviously haven't played for the Angels. And shoot, the A's stadium is a disaster, <laughs> and San Francisco is an amazing place to uh-huh. visit. Well, it was, <laughs> but the stadium is sure. is is nice um, and a fun place to go. Favorite game that you played in. Oh, geez, that's pretty easy. I mean, my, the one my that, debut. Was it, was it the is it first? The one, uh, yeah, my. Well, here's this thing. I made one pitch in my debut. My first. You made one, uh, one pitch? pitch. Yeah, I came in in an extra inning game, or not extra inning game, in a blowout. Okay. Um, my first game, I made one pitch to Carlos Baeza, ground out, um, in in like the bottom of the eighth because we were losing. Got it. Um, and um, and then the next day. Um, it was an extra inning game. Um, I was the rookie in the bull, in the, in the, uh, the back of the bullpen, um, that wasn't going to pitch unless I had to, um, everybody, we went through everybody. Um, and I was one of the last guys left and, um, it, of course we ran out of pitching and, and I got thrown in because it was a situation where, um, uh, <laughs> um, I actually had to hit. Also, I got my first hit um, in my first at bat. So is, this I have a you've po- is this the one you've posted on yeah. uh, social media before? So, so a lot of things happened that game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a it's a long story, but it's it's great. Like um, I I got th- thrown in the game. We tied it up. Um, uh, J T Snow hit a two run home run with me on ba- base um, after my hit. Uh, okay, I was the first angel to get a hit as a pitcher since Nolan Ryan. 
So my idol <laughs> was no, the last no guy. No big got deal it. over yeah. here. Um, the reason I had to hit was because earlier in the game, this happens a lot in extra inning games, um, they subbed out the DH. And once oh. the, they do that, the pitcher has to hit in that situation. Um, the first few times for the lineup, whoever was pitching, uh, hitting f- as a pitcher from the Angels, they got out. I came up with like an out and saw – couple fastballs was able to time one up and hit a line drive over the first baseman's head and I hadn't had that bat for about six years since high school or whatever and I don't know I didn't have anything to lose the funny things about that story uh I have a big head and (laughs) our team didn't even have a helmet that fit me so they went over to the Indians and in between innings before I was going to get in a bat and borrowed one of their helmets um, because they had navy helmets as well, okay, and they they didn't even have a sticker for it, um, so they gave me a blank helmet, um, and I borrowed a bat from Damian Easley. I found out later he gave me one of his cracked bats oh. because he didn't want to give the rookie a, a real bat. <laughs> so I got a base hit with a cracked bat, um, and uh, later in that game, um, after we had tied it up, um, I walked a couple guys. And um, uh, Kenny Lofton was going to bunt him over, uh-huh. um, and he popped up the bunt in front of home plate, and I ran and dived, caught the ball, doubled up the guy at second base, and got the uh, like CNN play of the day. Yeah. Um, so a lot of crazy stuff happened, and um, I got my first win and my. F- <laughs> first hit i mean that's yeah. just crazy <laughs> sure. and, and it was i just remember some of my teammates just laughing because all this stuff was happening uh like i came in after getting my first they threw they threw the ball in and so i have my ball for my first hit um okay um it just it's very surreal um uh i made that play we ended up winning the game um in like the 13th inning and uh um yeah, it was it was a surreal day. I I called my wife quickly after the game because I don't think it was on a TV back home, and I said I said watch ESPN <laughs> uh, because I knew the highlights were going to yeah. be on, and and it was cool to get all the calls and and to get all the you know people from home that were like that was crazy, you know. Of course, it was it was you know some fun stuff happened after that i got to face a lot of um people that i grew up um idolizing and uh um didn't last as long as i was hoping and sure. planning but um uh but i was very fortunate to get the opportunity so i never uh um i don't have any regrets it was awesome Hey, before we hit a break here, who was the best batter you faced you said you faced some of the people that- oh jeez you know i i faced griffey Okay. Faced, um, uh, Frank Thomas was probably the guy that I thought was the, the, the best hurt. hitter. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I faced he he was the toughest out for me, um, but I faced you know A Rod, um, Jay Buhner, uh, John Olerud, um Joe Carter. Um, You're speaking to like my childhood. Oh yeah. There's a reason why I'm a Mariners fan. It's one guy. Yeah. He's junior. It's Ken Griffey. Struck him out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I have one at bat. Uh, 
I, I think I walked him in the other bat, okay. bat but I but I did strike out Griffey, and, and that's a fun story. Um, I, I have a story about the Mariners also, like if, if we have time uh, before the break. Um, you hit it, yeah. Uh, so one of the games against the Mariners in that series where I did um, pitch against them, mm-hmm. it was at Anaheim. When you're walking out of um, the, the field to the – players parking lot there's chain link fences and all these fans will be there asking for autographs as you're walking out i come walking out and first of all people i looked like jt snow so they're like mr snow come get my autograph and i'm like uh i'm you don't know who i am i'm a rookie brian hank they're like oh okay Uh, jt and then they they totally ignore you um but i come walking (laughs) out nobody we don't that's typically how it is but i come walking out Uh one time uh this at, at the mariners game and i hear you know all the screaming i'm like like either they think I'm JT Snow again, or or maybe I'm starting to be a fan favorite. Like, and then I t- look over my shoulder, and it's Griffey and Randy Johnson walking behind me. Of course. And of course, they're the ones that are getting all the all the screaming. But um, but it, it was it was obviously just surreal to to be around all those those players, and um, then to be on the field and have to face them. Uh, you know. Good times. <laughs> That's awesome. You're like, hey, I'm I'm a big deal. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Junior in the big unit right behind yeah, me. Great. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. We'll get back to some BYU football talk. Uh, there's something you mentioned in, in, during this segment. I want to circle back on with you. We'll get to that coming up next. This is the Saturday Show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Go to innovationrefunds.com. That's innovationrefunds.com. Hey, this is Chris with JCW's. Drop in for one of our delicious gourmet burgers made with 100% Choice Grand Chuck. We're in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and Harriman. JCW's, quality and a lot of it. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the KSL Sports Zone. I love this song, just objectively. Like, Me too. I know, it's just a great, great tune. That's a, a little sample of Diana Ross, yeah. but make it Biggie. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> could you put together a better combo? Probably not, but hey, uh, nonetheless. Welcome back. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, Ryan Hancock sitting in. Uh, Christian Esparza behind the glass producing for us today. Uh, and Ryan, I got to ask you this question. Obviously, I know, you, I, I know you're a lot on social media. You're always in with the jazz, it feels like, in, in many respects. Yeah, I'm a jazz fan. Okay. Um, well, did you grow up a Warriors guy? Like I did, okay. but, but they were terrible back then. I mean, but, we're talking about people like Sleepy Floyd, and, yes, and uh, and Ralph Sampson, and okay. uh, I, the Run DMC. I got a little yeah. bit of, yeah, okay. Um, but I only went to a couple Warriors games. Okay. Um, so you're as all a in child. with the Jazz now, then? Um, yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I was definitely came into the Carl Malone Stockton time, those early nineties. Okay. Um, so they were easy to like and sure, yeah. you know, I loved the Sloan mentality. And, um, so the traction, uh, you know, just gave me an opportunity to, to really get behind a team. Okay. NFL wise, who, who's your team? Are you a Niners oh, guy? Niners, okay. Absolutely. My man. Yeah. My man. Yeah. It's just the whole BYU <laughs> connection is just too big. I mean, Steve Young, I played with his brother, um, okay. Tom. Okay. Oh, I forgot about Tom, yeah. And um, in high school, he came and spoke at my church in Cupertino, and I got his autograph. Okay. And, and he wrote something about being becoming a quarterback, and I was just like, 
<laughs> you know, like, uh, how awesome. It's the dream. You know, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. That's really cool. Yeah. I, just, I, I thought it was the Niners. I was going to ask you about that. Now, you mentioned in your last uh, the last segment, you talked about, like, when you come in with the Angels, and we talked earlier about BYU and how Kalani's trying to bring, like, the, the alumni back. Do the Angels do similar stuff like that? You know, they probably do for the okay. guys that are actually – Fair enough. Long timers. Okay. No, they they do. Um, uh, they don't do reunions. I think what probably what 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 I notice mm-hmm. is uh, uh, the Angels do do this. The teams that are successful mm-hmm. or have big years, sure, like the World Series. I see that team. World Series team. Obviously. I played with some of those guys, like uh-huh. Darren Erstad. Um, I was actually up when he got his call up. Um, okay. Um, and uh, we played together in AAA. Um, a couple of those other guys, you know, were young. You know, so I, it was really cool to see them win the World Series. Those teams get together and have stuff at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I would have to compare it to the way some of our other organ- – I hear a lot of family things about some of the organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when the Autrys sold the team – um, it changed a lot. Got it. Um, okay. Uh, so probably less of a. It's you know, it's just a little bit more of a business. Obviously, once you get to that level, sure. Um, I'm sure the Niners have their brotherhood, but of course, again, it's it's the successful teams that really connect. Um, you know, so. And the team wasn't ideal, wasn't great. I played with some stars, of course, mm-hmm. um, but um, um, we didn't have a, an amazing year by any means when the season I was up. So it's kind of a middling, yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so the culture thing um, at that that level, um, I'm sure people try to create it, and you know, you see that with the Jazz, you see that, um, but but it's it's hard because it's a business, um, <laughs> and. Um, and there's going to be people with hurt feelings always, um, and there's going to be people that are going to be more positive. So, yeah, that's just how that's how the cookie get... crumbles. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it seems like here in Salt Lake, though, and Utah, I yeah. guess, in general, we do seem to have some success with creating that family vibe, even, even sure. with a team like the Jazz. It just seems like people are maybe a little more willing to come back and, and revel yes. in the good old days. Well, Why do you think that is? I think it's because you got to have a purpose. Um, I think here in Utah, the purpose of the fan base is to prove that we're worthy. <laughs> and th- that we, okay. that we um, can be considered the best. And we have been on the cusp of it enough times and we're sick of people telling us we're not good enough and we hate that the media ignores us sometimes um, and we don't get what we feel, uh-huh. you know, we deserve. And so that build as a fan base in all of our sports, I think that is something that we can all grow on the underdog mentality. You see that with Utah, you mm-hmm. see that with coach Witt keeping a you know chip on the shoulder. Um, BYU has never had the opportunity to you know be at the highest level there's always something you want to bond over um and um as a fan base and just as a place utah um you know we feel a little persecuted sometimes and so that brings you together um as a fan base um and it really goes across and that's why people love 
it was unique that we had a coach forever. Yeah. Um, you know, um, that um, established and everyone knows that Utah is a hardworking team. We don't necessarily have the stars, um, the flashy people, but, um, but uh, you know, it fits for our fan base too. So um, it's tight knit and um, it's a strong fan base. Yeah, we don't have 16 billion people here, um, <laughs> but, um, but we have, you know, passionate sports fans. Now, they're, with, with the Jazz, as they move forward here, have you been a guy who's been, okay, you need to tank hard this season? Like, where, <laughs> where have you, because trust me, know. the fan base has been all over the board on this. I, I'm i a little bit over the, all over the board. It's kind of a, I don't know, I feel like it's a win-win situation. You could also say it's a lose-lose situation, <laughs> because you're just not guaranteed you're going to get Wembenyana or whatever. It, a it, it's a deep draft. Yeah. Yes, you're going to get a pick. Um, but I will tell you, as a player, it is so invaluable to get experience playing in the next level at a playoff level. So it's not the end of the world if we mm-hmm. get into play-in because it's going to be great for those players. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, you know, if we can get another, um, you know, gem, uh, sure. that that's not going to – if we can get another um, – spider then then let's let's go for it but uh um but that's just not a guarantee we could the only the only guy that's the guarantee in this draft are those two top guys and yeah they say it's deep but you don't know they could be all busts you know Mm -hmm. every year they say so-and-so is gonna be the guy so go with what you know you, you you just you can't truly they're not out there telling them don't give it your all. You yeah. Know? Hardy is, I love that. He, he's really, I think, um, the gem of what's happened this year. Um, we don't even know what we have with that coach. He's, he's going to be outstanding, I think. And uh, hopefully he wants to be here for forever because he could be in that, the next Sloan. <laughs> I think I love that guy. So I'm curious because you mentioned very early on in the show that coach McBride recruited you yeah uh obviously he was in his first couple of years coaching utah when you were at byu byu was kind of in a place where they were rolling and Mm -hmm. doing quite well utah was in a place where they were trying to get it together yeah (laughs) what talk about mcbride yeah and and all that it was a fun experience he's an amazing Man, um, I I could have played for him e- easily. It was his first year. Mm-hmm. Um, Fossil was on his way out, mm-hmm. um, and um, and the 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 program definitely you know was struggling. I guess you could say. Um, but but I took it seriously. Um, they had players that um, you know definitely were were great players, um, and you know they seemed like a first class organization. Um, they're I, I do remember um, their facilities were struggling back then. <laughs> I remember the weight room um, on our on my visit. However, that wasn't a big deal to me. It was more about the people. Yeah. Um. So that's what attracted me. Uh. And McBride had a connection to the Bay Area too. Mm-hmm. Um. He was like a San Jose guy, which is kind of the area I grew up in. Um. So he was able to rattle off all these people that I knew and. Um, and he very made me feel very much at at home, and um, I, I, he knew I, he had an outside chance at me because the BYU angle was going to be tough. But um, but uh, but yeah, I I really you could tell 
I mean, I wasn't worried about, you know, had I that been my the option that I chose, I I I saw success there as well, um, and I'm not surprised that um, things happened the way they did after after he came into town because um because she's definitely um uh you know accept no uh you know accept no failure you know get out there and give me your all type guy very high energy I didn't meet the fossil guy but he seemed like he was not that way <laughs> um from everything I understood and uh you know but uh McBride, you could tell he was building something. And I do remember coming in on my visit and um, him just laying out all his plans um, because um, he didn't really have the stuff to show off that would attract a a player. Mm -hmm. Um, He knew he had an upward battle um, and um, um, he helped show me his vision of what he wanted Utah football to become. And, um, it was. It would have been easy to buy into, absolutely. So it doesn't surprise me what happened. I want to follow up uh, because Lavelle and McBride were such yes. good friends, and yet this rivalry <laughs> <laughs> was so intense. But I think they thought it was funny. Talk about that dynamic. Um, shoot, I mean, it seems like the nastiness stuff has been more since social media's come into it um um yeah there was aggressiveness um as far as you know the rivalry back when i played but um utah was the team that had the chip on their shoulder because they weren't getting any respect because of all the stuff that happened at byu i mean we just ran through that whole time outside of the mitchell one year they they Mm -hmm. they got us um you know utah was a little bit of an afterthought you know we felt like we dominated, which is exactly the way Utah has felt through their through their run. So it doesn't surprise me that um, things have gone the way they've gone. Um, so, um, but as far as the the whole rivalry goes, um, it's it's really good for the sport. And as a player on the inside, um, you know, um, you respect the other team absolutely. But it it, it it's it's different mm-hmm. to play against those in those games, um, and. Um, it's everything you hear about. Um, but, um, uh, but some of the, you know, the, the, the fan stuff, um, it's too bad. It goes down the way it does, but, but that's, that's, that's the passion of college sports and you're going to get that, um, from both, both fan bases. <laughs> so, sure. yeah. So it does, it, it, you're no, there's no doubt about that. It, they just, they both love to get each other. That's yeah. the thing about this and it, mm-hmm. it exists in everything. Yeah. We, but, hey, that's what makes it fun at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get some final thoughts from Ryan as we close out this edition of the Saturday Show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Sports Zone. Brian Hancock been kind enough to come in for two hours. Brian, Brian, thank you for doing this, by the way. It's oh, absolutely. Been awesome to have you in. 
What am I going to do on a Saturday? Come on. Uh-huh. When, it, when it's snowing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It may be golf, but It's not a little different year. when it's a little warmer outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been, a, it's been an interesting spring here along the Wasatch Front. There's no doubt about that. All right. Um, before we go here on the show, I, let's talk a little bit about – we talked just about what Rob McBride and Lavelle had done kind of building up both BYU and Utah in, in, their, in their respects. But you've now got Kalani Sitake who's going to his eighth year at BYU. He's had a nice run so far. What? Sorry. Oh, I've just I can't believe he's been I, there. It doesn't feel like he's well, been there that yeah, long. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, it, it flies by because Kyle Whittingham. What's Kyle? Is it eighteen as the head coach now? This is his nineteenth season as the head coach and thirty yeah. overall at Utah. So, but I can remember the day Kyle Whittingham was hired at Utah as their head coach. It's just crazy to think about how quickly time goes. Mm-hmm. But both these programs, it feels like in a way, are looking at. Very interesting futures. I, I'll let yeah. you kind of take that whichever way you want. Um, you know, I think there's some, you know, uh, anticipation, obviously, on both sides, um, you know. But what it really comes down to is just focusing on the things you can control, mm-hmm. um, which is hopefully winning football games. Um, there's so much stuff going on in the background. you got – Utah dealing with their media, the Pac-12, and mm-hmm. what's going to happen there. BYU jumping up a level, you know, having a new era with with P5 football. Um, although we've been playing great schedules coming up t- to this, um, now we, you know, now we're we're getting what we wanted. Um, and um, but it, it really comes down to you know just focusing on on the basics um, and. You know, focusing on the things you can control, um, and which is winning football. Um, and both teams need to do that. Things will take care of themselves if you if you, if you focus on that. Yeah. Um, and you know, don't bring in all these other things you got to worry about. Really, just focus on the less things you can focus on, the more you can concede. You can succeed at um, achieving those goals. Um, and and these, you know, both both teams have a lot of stuff um one thing i think um kyle has done a great job of at, at utah is um getting his team to focus um focus on one thing which is you know winning football games and um not dealing with all the stuff that's going around on the outside um and you know byu definitely um needs to focus on that as well um if if we win games um it'll take care of itself and um you know, shoot, it's it's in all the sports that, that, that we're, we're jumping into with basketball and football there and, um, you know, just uh, yeah, focus on things you can control. You have one more, <laughs> Michelle? I, I think that sums it up pretty well, <laughs> well actually. I, but that's the thing about this. I, I just, as you kind of talked about that, I was, the, you're right, because BYU's been hoping and praying mm-hmm. for this opportunity. And yeah. they, they've seen Utah make the leap. They're a decade yeah. plus in at this point. And BYU's been kind of standing idly by like, hey, give us that opportunity. We want to go out and prove ourselves. And you already mentioned earlier on in today's show, the depth is obviously, for football in particular, is going to be critical for them to, for continued success of the Big 12. But this is the big shot they've been dreaming of. And it's just a few months away in reality. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, you just you, you want to go into this next year um, just taking it game by game. I yeah. know this is all, uh, you know, the things you always the coach speak, but it, it's because it's 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 true. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's why it becomes um, 
cliche. That's why it becomes cliches because it's so important. Sure. You, you, yeah. you got to block out all that, um, um, you know, shoot. Uh, you know, I think back to um, some of the reasons why I think, you know, I was successful. I look back on things that I've done and played in front of all these people. And I think back to, you know, when I was there, I didn't really realize the gravity of the sure. situation because I was focused on what I was doing. I didn't realize that I was in Notre Dame stadium. I didn't, you know, really, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't really enjoy you. You get your chance to go back and look at it after and talk about it and tell uh-huh. your stories. But, um, um, you know, while you're there, uh, you know, you don't want to feel like the, you don't want to feel like the situation is too big for mm-hmm. you. Um, and if you start bringing in all those things, it's going to get big really quick. Um, and, um, you know, they, these are big things that, uh, you know, we're both step where, you know, BYU yeah. stepping into, especially, um, you know, Utah's, they've already dealt with it. Um, but, um, you know, they do have some challenges, um, you know, who knows what their setup is going to be. But, but again, it's all about, uh, um, just winning games. It'll take care of itself. They'll end up in a league that they belong in. Yeah. Um, it'll work out just if you just keep winning. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Ryan, thank you so much once again. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up next week, we'll we'll find out. Maybe another former crew, maybe an Aggie at some point. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we're on a roll. All right. That's some fun. <laughs> Regardless, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Saturday Show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. See you. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.